everyone and welcome to the Bavarian Podcast Post Game Show. Joining you today is just me, Ryan, on a solo podcast for the 7-0 win that Bayern have recorded over Bochum. This is, I believe, the third time in the last two seasons that Bayern have come against Bochum and come away with seven goals without reply. And this might just be the most comprehensive one as Bochum did not seem to get a single real threat on goal. Genuinely, I can't remember a single chance that they had in this entire game. And that is saying something because Thomas Tuchel's Bayern Munich have been marred with defensive instances and lapses in judgment. We saw that in the game against Manchester United where the team just seemed to switch off and we conceded two goals in what felt like completely unceremonious and undeserved circumstances. But it was a lot more complete this time around. Let's go over the lineups. Of course, um, Bochum started with their 3-5-2 that they've employed in a few games this season. Manuel Riemann was in goal as always. Ivan Odets and Erhan Mashovic were centre-backs alongside Bernardo, which was interesting because Bernardo is usually touted as a fullback. He has been playing centre-back recently, but it's not his primary position. The midfield bank of five had Maximilian Vitek, Bero, Anthony Losila, of course with the captain's Arban, and Felix Paslak. And the front two, as always, Christopher Antve Anjay and Takamu Asano, who I think we all know well enough by now. And Bayern lined up in a 4-2-3-1 on paper, which had Sven Ulreich in goal, Nusea Mazraoui and Matthijs Delik returning to the lineup alongside Minjay Kim and Alfonso Davies, a midfield double pivot of Joshua Kimmich and Konrad Leimer, which is interesting, and an attacking four of Kingsley Coman, Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting, Leroy Zane, and of course Harry Kane up top. It was an interesting game, this one, because Thomas Tuchel seemed to adapt the system to a more flat one in attack. I don't mean flat in terms of production, but I mean in terms of the way players position themselves. Because in recent years, or in recent games, Tuchel has opted for a midfield box with the midfield double pivot and the quote-unquote number 10 and Kingsley Coman forming a box in midfield with Alfonso Davies overlapping and Nusayem Mazrawi overlapping with Leroy Zane and Harry Kane in these sort of free roles moving around the final third. But it was a lot more like a 4-4-2 almost or a 4-2-4 with, I mean, the centre-backs were in place, the full-backs still came up a lot, but there was weird sort of half-space that Kingsley Coman and even Matisse Tell sat in when they were on the left, and Leroy Zane was still in his freer role, although he enjoyed a bit more time out wide than he usually does. He still obviously cut in a few times, you know, let that left foot loose quite a few times. But the most interesting evolution of this tactic was in the middle, where instead of having a midfield box or a number 10, we had Harry Kane and Eric Maxim to promoting essentially in a strike partnership. But it didn't feel like a flat partnership, but rather more where Kane would drop into midfield almost as the number 10. He would drop deep and he would let Zane and Chupo run into space behind him. And Chupo would also track back on defense. That I think would be where the main swap happened, where Kane would be the last man and Chupo would drop back. But then on the ball, Chupo would come to the last line and Kane would drop. And this in this was very interesting because, number one, it confused the markers a lot, especially in a back three system. It was very interesting to watch how Bochum tried to adapt to it and eventually failed to adapt to it, which resulted in Bochum switching to a back four about 30 minutes into the match when I believe it was uh, Maximilian Vitek and Felix Paslak who came off for Hoffman and Loosley, who's a player I'd never heard of before, but Loosley was very good for them in the little time he got. But it was it was a complete performance. This is the first really good Thomas Tuchel game that I can think of 
this season. We've had some good games. Even our good games have been marred with moments where it just didn't seem right. But this time, I can say comfortably that every player did everything that was asked of them. Thomas Tuchel got the tactics absolutely right. And we can look forward to really good games if this is the standard that we're going to be playing at. However, it does worry me, the lack of depth, because we had players like Franz Kratzik coming on, and that that is worrying. But Kratzik was good. We will see how he develops. He will hopefully do as good. But let's move on to the players who did do a lot. Because I want to start right from the bottom. Sven Ulreich, he was good. Uh, he didn't have many saves to make, but he was very good when he was called upon. Uh, he had a bit of a hairy moment about, I think, 35 or 40 minutes into the game where it seemed like he injured his shoulder while he was claiming a cross. He kind of shoulder barged into the post, but he was all fine. He barely had any saves to make. He was very good in distribution, very simple. But the back two of Delict and Kim and Jay, they were fantastic. Delict came off at halftime. Uh, I believe it would have been due to fitness. He seemed like he was struggling with his knee after a collision. But I don't think he would have come off if it wasn't for that. But after Dai Upamecano came on, Upamecano was sharp. Upamecano was very good. Of course, he's been very good this season. The Delict was very good in the tackle. He was very good at stepping up to win the ball. He was good in build-up. But the star of the show defensively for me was Kim Injay. Kim Injay was fantastic. I think he made 10 clearances or something. It was insane. He was always there. He was always getting rid of the danger. And he did this without sacrificing his consistency in build-up because his build-up was still amazing. I think he made the most passes of anyone on the pitch and it was by some distance. He was fantastic. I think he had about 94% pass accuracy and he had well over 75-80 passes. And this is not just because he was playing safe. He tried long balls and I don't think he missed a single long ball that he tried. All of them were fantastic. And it seems like he's really flourishing now and coming back to the form that Byron paid for coming back to the 47 million price tag that they paid for him. He has been fantastic. The wingbacks too were very good. Afonso Davies was extremely good. He may not have had his best game defensively, but he didn't really need to. There wasn't a lot of activity down his side, but in the attack, he was fantastic. His runs up the field, really good. He was very good at overlapping down the left with Kingsley Coman and later Matistel. And unlike the game against Manchester United, he was a lot safer. He didn't take a lot of risks. When he did, they paid off, but they were calculated risks. They weren't the kind of unmitigated, unneeded, unforced errors that he made against Manchester United, where he would just give the ball away in his own defensive third. And on the other side, Nusayem Mazrawi too, he was interesting. There were a few moments where he looked a bit off the paces. Didn't look like he was at his very best technically, but he was still... Even in this somewhat shadowy state, he was still amazing. His creativity in his passing is so good. His crossing was so good. Of course, it paid dividends with the goal, the last goal, where he put in a really good near post cross for Harry Kane to finish. But this was supported by a very good midfield performance from Conrad Leimer and Jozo Kimmich. Kimmich was fantastic today. Kimmich's role as a number six really seems to be working for him right now. I think it's also due to the fact that Kim and Jay and Dilik stepped up a lot. So Kimmich didn't have to sit back too much. He was very good. His corners were surprisingly decent. We got a goal from a corner, of course. That was more down to Delic's amazing leap and bound to get to the ball. But his corners were decent today. I can only think of maybe one or two that were wayward. But the rest were all, you know, at least competent. His crosses were good. His long balls were really good. Kimmich always excels with playing balls over the top. And he did today. Zane could have been a bit more clinical. It, But Kimmich was still 
creative, and he was paired very well with Conrad Limer. Limer ran down the field today. He was everywhere. Anywhere the ball was, Limer was ready to spring and press. And that's what we need from Limer. Limer is, he is a bolt of lightning in the middle. He's so quick and he never tires out. And these are the kind of games we need him for, where we know that we can win the ball back really easily. And we need to capitalize on that. And after Kimmich came off, the pace seemed to slow down a bit with Goretzka, but Goretzka was still good. Goretzka's ball carrying is somehow more impressive than Kimmich's. He looks to carry the ball into spaces more often than Kimmich does, whereas Kimmich looks to pass it around more. I think that worked, but I don't think the Goretzka-Limer pivot quite works, unless Goretzka adapts his game to be a number six more often. He was more of a makeshift six today. However, it did work very well. And moving on to the attack. Now, I will say, before the game started, there was a bit of apprehension about the fact that Eric Maxim Chupamoting was starting over over Thomas Muller and Mati Stel. But I can say now with full confidence that it was the right decision. Chupamoting was fantastic. He did miss a chance very early in the game, I think about like 30-40 seconds in. But he was still very good. He was very good at counter-pressing. He was really good at harassing the centre-backs and goalkeeper off the ball when Kane was dropped a bit lo- deeper. He was very good in his role. I do think that it's a role that was tailor-made for Thomas Muller, but I don't think Chupa Moting should have any credits taken away for what he did. He was amazing. And when Muller came on later for, I think it was uh, Kingsley Coman, Muller was decent, but he didn't seem all there. And I, if that's the kind of sharpness we expect from him, then I think Chupa should have started this game. The white players were good. Kingsley Coman was ever creative. He was a little indecisive, but he was good. There were a few moments where I think he could have done better, but especially with that post hit. But I think Coman was exactly what we need to, needed of him today. He did everything. He got really good assist. And, well, it was Zane who made that, but Coman's cut, cut back to promoting was really good. And Lehoi Zane, I mean... I'm running out of superlatives for him. He took, I think, four shots and all of them were on target. All of them were dangerous. He took multiple players on time and time again. He was always creative, always decisive, always incisive. And it paid off. He was, I think, our best attacker minus, of course, the big man up top. Zane is just, he is on fire right now. I think he's the best player in the world. Um, most of you will have read the film room article that I wrote about him, which was about 2,000 words, 2,000 words about one player's games over the last month, because he's just had so much to do in every single game. He wasn't as top of the game defensively as he usually is, but even then, in the counter press, he was always there. He didn't need to drop back much because Mazrawi held his lines really well, and Mazrawi in general was very good defensively this time around. He was a lot better than he usually is, but Zane was fantastic. And of course, coming to the main man up top, Harry Kane, a hat-trick and two assists, and they were all really good goals. Maybe the penalty wasn't that good, but everything else was fantastic. The first goal where I believe it was a deflection, yeah, it was Alfonso Davies who ran in, the ball kind of deflected in the box, and Kane got to it, and he just pummeled it in. That was a fantastic goal. That's the kind of goal we need from Kane. It's the kind of finish that we've been missing, and it was a trademark Harry Kane goal. Complete power, goes straight through the net, almost breaks it. That's the kind of shot we need from him. The assist to Leroy Zane was beautiful. That was the best goal that I saw all day. The turn of fire from Harry Kane to turn around and immediately find Leroy Zane with a really good pass. And Zane with a very calm finish. That's the kind of play that we need. And it's the kind of play that I've described in the past, where Zane runs off the back of Kane, who has his back to goal. This is perfection. And of course, the penalty which Upamoting won, 
it was clinical. It's just Hurricane doing Hurricane things. The assist to Matisse Tell was really good too. I thought that he would pass it to Zane on the right. I remember shouting Zane's name when Kane got the ball. But Kane found the right pass and Tell found an amazing finish. Matisse Tell really needs to play more. I think he should start at least the next game against Leipzig. That may be too much to ask for Tuchel, but I think he should. And of course, the last goal. The last goal reminded me of Lewandowski. The 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 finish was just so tight at near post with the cross from Nusair Mazdawi. I felt like I was watching Lewandowski play again because it was such a good finish. And Kane just had a perfect game top to bottom. I really think that this system is the way to go right now. But there are some questions to be made of the selections and substitutions. I think Franz Kratzer coming on for Davies is fine. But when we had Guerrero on the bench and we had an opportunity like this to use him in a almost completely stress-free environment when we're you know, 5-0, 4-0 up. I think you have to take a punt there and you have to go for Rafael Guerrero. But uh, maybe he's still not fit enough to play 30 minutes. We will see in the upcoming weeks. He probably will get minutes in the Pokal. I'm very excited to watch him play in a Bayern shirt. And I really hope we get to see him. Leon Goretzka for Kimmich was fine. I think Goretzka needs more time to play as a number 6 if he wants to truly understand the role and, you know, start playing him more regularly. But I do think Matistel needs to start sooner rather than later. And I think that Dilik needs to get more time than he did today. The 45 minutes were cut short because of, I think, the knee injury. It's still unclear, but I believe it was because of the knee injury. I really think he needs to start more. And I do think Matisal needs to start more because these two players are have been difference makers for us, both in the past and recently. Matistel has won us points already. We have to think about that. He rescued us against, I believe it was Gladbach. The last-minute goal... That rescued a point for us. The goal against United rescued a point for us because if he hadn't scored that, of course, the score would be 3-3. He is winning games for us right now and we need to capitalize on that. We need him on the pitch for a full 90. I want to see what him and Davies can do together for a full game because they are already killing it with the few time, with the little time that they're getting. But we should also look at how the system is changing because we need to analyze how this could affect future games. We have an RB Leipzig game coming up. That's going to be a massive game because I think right now, even more than Leverkusen, Leipzig could be our biggest threat. Leipzig look really good right now, especially with their attack. The attack is insane. They have Javi Simons, Danny Olmo off the bench usually, but Javi Simons, Yusuf Paulsen, Emil Fosberg, and Lois Openda up front. That's a really quick front four, and our defenders should be ready to adapt to them. This was not the kind of game where the defenders had to do a lot. Some of them did. Kim In Jay in particular, he was fantastic. He stepped up out of defense a lot to try and win the ball back in advanced positions, and he did most of the time. And when he didn't, Delict was there to sweep, and likewise, and vice versa. It was fantastic from the two. The two really seem to have a good understanding of each other. And I think Delict is key because he organizes the defense very well. You could see it when even Kim was on the ball or Davies on the ball or Mazrabi was on the ball. Delict was always ordering players around. He was calling for the balls across. We saw a lot more cross balls across the defense today where um, Kim would, you know, pummel it all the way down to Mazrabi, down the far right. Or Delict would try and play it all the way across to Davies on the left. Those kinds of balls are not balls that we can usually play. So it's good that we're using opportunities like this to play them. And it requires a sort of defensive leader and communicator. And we have that in Delict. Especially now that Neuer isn't there. Neuer will hopefully be fit in, I think, two or three more weeks. I think we have to give him time. Ulreich is doing a good job right now. But Ulreich doesn't have the same distribution and communication skills that Neuer does. So for right now, Delict is key to defensive 
you know, structure. And especially with the way the double pivot is working right now, where Kimmich tends to come short with Limer at the same time, and then one of them tends to pendulum away. To be able to read that correctly, we need a proper communicator. And I think it just has to be Delict because there's no one else who's vocal enough. Kim needs time. I think he still needs to adapt to the language and adapt to the players around him. But Delict already has adapted and it's showing because the defense was so well organized in the first half. Not to say that Upamecano was not good. He was fantastic, but Upamecano is not a very vocal leader. He's trying, of course, he's got the opera lessons and everything, but there's just something about Upamecano that's just a bit soft, and that needs to be figured out. I think for now, Delict is the way to go. I think Delict should start as much as possible. He was fantastic today too, although Kim and Jay put in a lot of that work. Kimmich wasn't there the way he usually is, because I, I think it's almost because of the midfield bank of five that Bochum employed. Kimmich just didn't seem to get on the ball as much as he usually does, but he was always there when he needed to be, and his balls over the top were fantastic. His short passing options were good. He offered himself a lot to the players, although for some reason under Tuchel, we seem to avoid backward diagonal passes. I think it's to maintain shape because the midfield box calls for lateral lines. So what we tend to do a lot is when Koban is stuck in a position, he always plays back to Davies and not to Kimmich. Or when Zane is stuck, he plays it to Mazgawi and not Kimmich or Limer. It just seems like we're preferring the straight lines over diagonals almost to try and entice a certain shape out of Bochum before hitting a diagonal ball. And we saw this a lot, especially with Kimmich and Kane and Chupo's plays around each other and especially to Zane, where Zane would try and force the lateral line and then run diagonally. Those are the kinds of movements that tend to mess with shape because a team has to adapt from facing lateral lines to suddenly having a random diagonal in the middle and nobody really knows what to do. And this worked especially well down the right flank where Kevin Sturger and Bernardo were sort of stuck between trying to see the lateral lane where Chupu and Kane were and the diagonal line where Zane was running in. That's why Limer got and Limer and Mazrawi both got a lot of time on the ball. And these are the kinds of match situations that we need to create more often, especially when we're up against RB Leipzig, who tend to play in a 4-2-2 that transforms into a 4-2-3-1. They're going to have a lot of triangles that we can try and exploit. But this Bochum team was not ready for what came for them. And we should really celebrate this win because it was the best game I've seen in a Tuchel. It's the best Bayern game I've seen in a very, very long time. I think it's the best Bayern game I've seen since PSG back in February. This was so, so good. And I'm so excited for what this team can do in the future. But that really about does it for this post-game analysis. We hope you enjoyed this game as much as we did because Lord knows we enjoyed it so, so much. Such a good game. I'm probably going to go watch the highlights back for the next, I don't know, six hours. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at BavarianFPWorks. Make sure to check out Chuck Smith at The Barrel Blog. You can check out Tom Adams at TommyAdams71. And you can check out I Need No Name at BFWINNN on Twitter. Make sure to read our post-game coverage on the Bavarian Football Works site because there's going to be a lot of it coming and there's going to be a lot of positives to talk about from this match. And we hope that you revel in it as much as we do. Have a great rest of your weekend, guys.